best laid plans of Mice and Man often go awry. Even with Terrell's ballsy and frankly, frustratingly foolhardy plan to ensure their victory over the saviors, our team simply cannot catch a goddamn break. After everything Rick goes through to win over the junkyard gang, they show up to the sanctuary only to see the walkers are gone. And, as the garbage people that they are, Jadis and the naked filth mongers turn tail as soon as the sanctuary opens fire. Throughout this episode, all the way until the final earth-shattering scene, it's hard to hope for the kind of future where Rick, after sleeping in, wakes up on a sunny day ready to celebrate the Owl Festival with all his children. I got nothing. And when I've got nothing, I selfishly turn to my sensei, the walking dead guru, the Obi-Wan to my Kenobi, Carol. Where to start, what to say. Somber. Did not see that shocking end coming at all. I thought I was going to be prepared. I made my predictions and, uh, they surprised me. I'm not sure where this is heading. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's better that there isn't a basis of comparison anymore because with Carl dying, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, if you're if you're already listening, you I'm assuming you watched you watch the show already. We assume you watch the show and There's then no you know no reason to. But yeah, spoiler alert, Carl's been bitten. Carl's going to die, assumingly. And that really throws a wrench into a lot lot of what everyone was expecting from a comic perspective if you were to look at the source material and use it as a guide for where things could go now that's not to say that they couldn't but they would definitely need to reassign his arc i guess to some other characters which yeah yeah i just i i don't know though i don't know it's it's a tough one and i have to say i'm disappointed not in the episode itself but i'm disappointed that they chose to kill Carl off now because I think one of the best parts of the episode was his interaction with Negan and I've always felt that his by far and I feel like his interactions with Negan in general have always been very interesting to watch just their dynamic so it's a shame because I would have wanted to see more of that yeah the whole thing is just a shame I I don't know where everyone's going to go from here well I guess the one thing that I can add maybe to that is that my feeling about Carl and Negan is that their dialogue or their interaction is not not quite over yet. I feel like that's probably going to be the only. How do you only. think? How do you think that will play in? If you had to call a prediction on that, like he's on death's door, assumingly. So where? I, I mean, I thought about that too, but I just don't know how you would do it. The only thing I could think of is just Rick and Carl walking up to the kingdom, you know, where the saviors are now, which we'll talk about. But just them two, and then saying, "Hey, you know, I'm dying. Rick is handing himself in, or whatever it is, and mm. they're taking their last shot." You know like at at some sort of dialogue at some sort of future because I think that Carl recognizes even at this stage that he kind of was able to reach Negan right right you know I, I think Negan knows it I think Carl knows it and I think on his deathbed I think Rick would probably cave to Carl's requests you know right right at this rate yeah no, for sure. I, I could I could definitely see that. I could definitely see Rick kind of following through with Carl's last requests, especially since his last conversations with him have been more geared toward about having mercy and not being short-sighted and thinking about the bigger picture and how we're all suppo- how we're all going to have to live together once this war is done. So, mm. I would like to see Carl bringing everyone together as one last thing that he can do before passing away. I would like to see that. If if he is going to pass away, I think it would do the character justice for him to play a pivotal role in bringing this war to an end. So yeah. I, I would like to see that. I hope that they go there because otherwise, and then I just feel that his death is kind of meaningless and almost what's the term? One could say, yeah, 
just sort of like a fruitless death that just doesn't make any, any sense because it'd be one thing if it was like, oh my gosh, you know, this dramatic death, he was shot, you know, protecting Alexandria or, oh my gosh, you know, he was leading this herd away or when he, or when they stormed the sanctuary or something, it's like, no, he was being stupid and he got bitten by a walker. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. in reality, it's, I can't think of how many times I see Carl out in the woods and I'm like, what are you doing out there? Go back inside. Doing? Yeah. Like, I mean, why are, you, why are you out there? Like, it's like pointless. Like, like what was it? A uh, season? Was it season um, You're talking about six? the Enid, right? Enid yeah. and, the, and the skating in the woods? Yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, that episode with that just kind of drove me crazy because I was like, all you need is one walker to show up and you guys are so screwed. Like, how are you getting away on roller skates? Like, I mean, it was so... So mind-boggling. Like even though nothing, I think nothing happened, right? No, nothing happened. Yeah, miraculous, miraculously enough, nothing happened. Yeah, and then but soon it, after, soon after that, the crew wasn't like even scared of walkers anymore. Like walkers was were the least of their worries. Like, yeah, it was I like remember even even back then, like they were still kind of like, oh, let's avoid the walkers, you know? Yeah. If if we can help it, not that I'm upset at that. I'm just saying, like, I think that's actually kind of good. I think they've yeah. been scared of scared of walkers for the last for the first six plus seasons. Right now they've kind of adapted to this new life yeah and, and it shows like you know the scars are there so they're not afraid to get into it but i think i think them yeah. maybe bringing that back like that mm. kind of fear back right when it comes to carl's bite is kind of like i okay. think it's a good reminder of like hey you know don't take it for granted you know you can these things are still dangerous and these things could still get a hold of you and if it, they do get a hold of you it's going to be fatal so yeah. I think it's a good senseless death that's the term I was thinking of I was like <laughs> what is the term I was, it just came to me senseless it feels like a senseless death unless something comes from this point and he's able to kind of bridge the gap between Rick and Negan then okay but otherwise it just feels so senseless to me and I just think that a character like Carl can't have a senseless death it has to mean something and it has to kind of propel the story further it has, it has to push the story along otherwise it's like glenn's death like glenn's death was an abraham too was so over the top dramatic and just sickening but it's the catalyst for everything that's happened since right it, it, it comes from that yeah. exactly it set the tone for everything since then with carl's death which i would argue to say is weighs more than glenn's death honestly that better mean something that right. better be super impactful to what direction we're moving into now I don't know what the direction is, but it's got to have some sort of weight to it. Otherwise, it just feels like you could have done that with anybody. You know, I mean, it could be it could have been Morgan. It could have been, you know, anybody else. Like, so why Carl? Why does it have to be Carl? So I am not sure. I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see when they come back in February to get an idea of the direction. I don't think that the trailer showed too much, but I mean... The other thing too is is the whole flash forward thing, which I mean clearly it's not a flash forward then anymore. Right. You're talking about the flash forward with the Owl Festival and with Rick the with Owl the Festival, right? And the old man Rick and and I rewatched that scene because I was like, let me find this and I want to just confirm. And Carl is in that you know quote unquote flash forward. Yeah. You don't see his face, but you hear him and you see that it's clearly him with his long hair. Yeah. So I was like, that 
that can't be a flash forward then if Carl's going to die. So then is it just Rick thinking of what could have been, you know, in an ideal world, which isn't fair, honestly, because it's like I mentioned to you, that scene is almost straight out of the comics. Like it right. really does happen. So I'm like, does that mean that that doesn't happen anymore? That's just kind of like a figment of, of Rick's imagination, but we're not really going to go there. Yeah, exactly. Like, just... And do, do you remember what I said to you too? Like as we were talking in uh, Messenger, it was kind of like, well, what if that scene was kind of like a one-off right. where I think it was a it was an homage to the comic. I think it was an right. homage to, to where the show could have gone. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, uh, yeah, there, there's a two-prong answer to that. I think one is that, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a kind of a farewell to all the comics readers. Like, okay, this is what you could have gotten. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. But we've diverged a little too much and now we're going to take the show into a, a different direction. Right. So I think that was for them. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I said to you was like, okay, and it, it was kind of like a an offhand comment, but I've always thought this ever since the this, this scene happened and that's when, and it's kind of prescient because we go over this scene, the, the aftermath of the scene with Carl and Rick. And right. that's when, when Rick drives off Sadiq from the gas station, the initial. Right. I believe that that's where everything diverges. I think that's really, it's really, it, it seems so innocuous, but at the same time, the ripple effect could have been like, okay, Sadiq would have been on board way earlier. Carl would not have gotten bitten. He would have been on board without having to do something mm-hmm. so dangerous. You right, know? right. So yeah. in a way, it was kind of Rick's fault, but really it's kind of the writer's fault. It's, so I, yeah. The direction they want to take it. There's a lot um, of angry people out there. I think there's a petition out there to fire Scott Gimple. I think it has what? like 30,000. Yes, there's like 30,000 signatures on that thing. You know what grand- though? It depends on what, what kind of point of view you're taking this from. I mean, if you're obviously a comic reader, you're you're very concerned. Yeah, you're concerned. You I'm right. Like I'm not angry at all at like Scott Gimple, like Scott M. Gimple. I'm not. <laughs> I always love when they say that. Scott M. Gimple. But it's I, I'm not angry. I was obviously like, I think I literally texted you and was like no <laughs> he lifted the bandage and I was like no I should have I should have uh, sent you a, like a gif with I Luke, Luke like, exactly after, like, after Vader says yes that's literally like Perfect. when I saw that I did not see it coming and I just just floored. But I I wasn't so much angry. I was just sort of like, oh my god, like now what? Like where do we go from here? Like, like that's it. like that's basically how I felt it. And like I said, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, it could be a good thing. It, it could potentially propel the show in a direction that it needs to. You know, there's it's no secret that the ratings haven't been as great as with previous seasons. And I well, think secrets that. Out. <laughs> Secrets out. Everybody kind of knows. I mean, gr- I mean, it's do. still it's still AMC's cash cow. Like, I mean, yeah. it's still making in a ton of money for AMC between that and Talking Dead, like so much. But you know, is it at the peak as it, that it once was? Which I don't know when was the ultimate peak. I don't know if it was at like maybe season five or maybe four somewhere around there. Yeah, sounds it was about like, right. Probably where it was at like at its peak. They were getting, I think, at that point, like seventeen million viewers or something crazy like that. So I. I think that they also kind of feel like, okay, well, maybe it's worth taking a risk and, you know, just kind of like giving this a little bit of a shot in the arm and taking things in a different direction because you, you're not going to please everybody. That's the reality of it. You're not. Yeah. There are going to be people who are comic book purists and are going to want to things want things to stick straight to the comic. And it's like I told you before, I think that Jeffrey Dean Morgan is an amazing actor, but I think a lot of the issue that people have had with his Negan is that a lot of his lines have been directly taken word for word, word, for word from the comic. And sometimes it just doesn't translate to screen. They, they just don't 
work the same way. They don't have the same impact as it does in print or the more visual display art perspective than, you know, versus moving picture. It's just not necessarily the same. So I think that I did hear that. I don't, I don't know what specifically about what's coming up in the comics that there was some concern about translating it to the screen and that they felt that they needed to go in a different direction. Oh. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like it's not even just the character himself. It's just that, well, we have to kind of reformat the story to make it make more sense. I think that for they this were, character to exist in this world. I think that there was a concern about the relationship between Negan, Rick, and Carl and that they weren't necessarily sure how much they could necessarily adapt that to the screen just because they weren't sure if it would be convincing enough. In the comic, it's like I've, I've said before, Negan is sort of like that cool uncle that, you know, believes in you more than your parents and like allows you to go drive his car because he knows like, hey, you're, you know, you're a grown guy, you can do it or whatever. Whereas your parents are like, no, you know, you don't, you're too young. That's kind of... <laughs> That's the best way to describe the relationship yeah. between Negan, Rick, and Carl in the comics. Carl and Negan have a very uncle-nephew sort of relationship once this war is all over, whereas Rick is obviously still his father and has that sort of authoritative hold over him that obviously isn't the same as Negan. But both of these men have a very, very big space in their hearts for Carl, right. Negan, and Rick. They he's, both He's like the tie that binds. He's like the tie that binds, exactly. So that's why I'm, I, I'm just sort of like I'll be very curious to see how this plays out because clearly you can see that Negan will listen to Carl he's open to listening to him and he takes what he says in earnest and actually considers what he says rather than just kind of being dismissive of him so to know that Carl's going to succumb to this bite I wonder necessarily how Negan and what Rick will react and how that'll affect their relationship and then it just makes me think about like how much longer can you draw out this war for too you know Mm -hmm. or is his death the catalyst to basically start saying like you know we we need to come to a resolution or or, or something i don't know because i try to think about it in my head but i was trying to remember do they release trailers for after the mid-season premiere because when they released the trailer for the new season at comic-con i'm pretty sure that almost in the summer over the summer all the images that or all the the bits and pieces and components of that trailer they've all been shown within this first half of the season like i'm pretty sure that almost everything that was in that trailer we've already seen in this first half of the season that makes sense so it makes me wonder though like how much more fighting are we going to do in the second half of this season are we going to get through the war fairly quickly because carl's going to be that tie that binds and like kind of brings this to an end especially because i mean i don't know how much time he has left you know in reality you know it's kind of funny that we're as you're talking i'm starting to think of okay i can see where this show may go and in terms of a prediction i've got a little bit but the first thing i want to want to address is like i do get why people may not like the idea of jeffrey dean morgan as negan and negan being translated as kind of almost a, a direct from comic book adaptation almost and the one thing that i actually like about villains let's say in general is that right. like a really good villain is almost like the um the jj abrams kind where it's a mystery box 
sense. Like, right. the, the villain seems to be, like, untouchable. Negan's not the dying type. That sort of thing. And then it shows. Guy doesn't even carry a gun. No. For the time he's on screen. It's just a baseball bat with barbed wire around it, and he gets by on just that and, and, his, and his, his hands alone. And, you know, his intimidation, I guess. So, that's one thing that I've really liked about his character. Like, it, yeah. he's imposing, and the things that end up happening on the show are, are kind of realistic, actually. Like, I buy it, you know? Like, right. I, I, I totally buy into it because it's just enough, let's say, Jeffrey D. Morgan for me to really appreciate it. Right. And, and the, the reason why I say Jeffrey D. Morgan is because it's not the Henry L- Rollins, right. you know, this, in, this visually brutish heat. There's a softness to Jeffrey Dean Morgan that yes. is just enough That's for just me enough to kind to of like... Him compelling character and give him some dimension and make him interesting, you know, and Well, not only that, but approachable. Like like approachable, a realistic yeah. kind of like, okay, this guy was a grizzled whatever. He's like a hardened, older gentleman, you know, who's a little bit older than his prime, you know, like and and just carrying himself that the way he does, it, it lends to this idea, yeah, I'm, I'm intimidating, I can't be touched. And then everything that happens subsequently, you're like, oh, okay, you can get a few shots in, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to best you. Right. And, and I think that's very valuable. I think the fact that it's really hard to beat this guy, you know, and, and the only and the approach that they're even taking to beat him is, okay, let's just, you know what, let's dig around Negan to kind of affect him. Let's let's starve his people. And right. then we'll, we'll see what, what he does after that. Right. And, and right. I think that's, that's and it's kind of like <laughs> as if the Rick and his crew are addressing the plot devices. Like, okay, let's see if we can trick the writers into, <laughs> into us beating Negan. And and, uh, and that's kind of like the approach that they're taking right now. So yeah. it's like, what is going to work against this evil mastermind? And and so it's like, okay, you know, we got to find the kryptonite somewhere. We got to find his 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 weakness. And you it's know Achilles, what? Achilles heel. Exactly. He's Achilles heel. Even though Achilles was kind of like a, a protagonist. <laughs> but um, but it's that uh, it's the idea that, okay, I think maybe now we found it. Yeah. And that's Carl. And and even getting that much of a pause, we have not seen anything like that throughout. Oh, the no. The no, not at all. Have, yeah. The closest we have is maybe like it, it, it's it's not even that much is is when he came to Alexandria and, and chilled with Carl and and, and Judith yeah. and all that. But yeah. even that was kind of like I was still you know pooping my pants <laughs> because like yeah. he could switch it on Carl on a dime and Carl just seemed to kind of like okay look I think I need to be chill because even though I'm kind of pissed off right. <laughs> I gotta watch and wait because Dad would be yeah. really pissed if I died right now. Yeah. <laughs> so like, even I, I, I mean, I mean yes. I. I, I agree. I think that he definitely, he, Negan has a soft spot for him, which is why I thought it was so funny. Like, I mean, that whole interaction at the wall at the gate of Alexandria, I thought was great. But I also thought, I also thought it was some pretty good lines by Negan this episode in general. Oh, yeah. I the responses that. to him? Yeah. Oh, the responses were great. I mean, showing up at the door, like basically demanding everybody to line up with apologies was awesome. Sing a I thought song, that was great. Write a poem. Sing a song, write a poem. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, I thought that that was, awesome i love that when you know he was that he said that he was well before they started bombing away and he was you know told like <laughs> he was trying to yell at rick and he was like scorched earth i was like yeah scorched earth that was a great line that, that was pretty funny and then when like he realizes that well when daryl and team break out their convoy and get out in the back i love how he's like i thought we were having a little moment asshole mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was <laughs> like, i thought we were having a moment but i think he did i think he sincerely yep. thought that they were having a moment there that they were like having some a, a conversation that they were connecting yeah. and even when sure. he and rick are having their mano a mano you know altercation <laughs> which that took me by surprise like <laughs> all of a sudden it was like oh man he's in his house that's right i forgot i forgot about that you know he said he was and, spaghetti. Um, i don't say spaghetti oh 
gosh. But they, you know what? I will say that they trolled us. They trolled people like me that whole oh. episode because they were dropping Judith hints like crazy. Oh, like that Michonne episode. Michonne and Judith in the beginning. Michonne and Judith in the beginning. What else? When Negan was at the gate of Alexandria and like, uh, I think Carl mentioned that's like, you know, we have women and kids in here and, you know, Negan brings up like, you know, they do too <laughs> and baby Gracie and I was like, oh God, here we, we are talking about the kids. We had one of the outposts. Yeah, he mentions the outpost specifically. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, again, these babies. And then when Rick comes into the house, you know, when he gets back to Alexandria, I think that he like calls out like Judith. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Carl. I, that's why I was like, at one point I was, watch- I, I was watching it with Eddie and I was just like, oh my, she's not in the house, is she? <laughs> Like, I was like, she's not there, right? They all got out, right? Right, right. Of course. I was like, oh my God. Like, my concern was like Judith. Because I was already like mentally preparing myself. I'm like, I don't think Judith's making it out of this. And so I, and then when they were in the sewer, like there was a far off shot when Rick first enters the sewer and you see Judith like down the ways, like, like Like kind of like, like a silhouette. And it freaked me out. I was like, holy crap. Is she dead? Is that a little, I was playing with dead baby Judith. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was like, because it was a very ethereal sort of dreamy kind of the way they shot it, you know, and the way like the light hit her and stuff. So yeah, they trolled people like me this whole episode like, like they us. knew i mean i yes. think it was the first one to say well i mean i was say, all about judith yeah. i was all like i don't know man i was like judith is i don't know if she's long for this world like and i i hadn't i mean i didn't have literal money down but if i was a if i was a betting woman i would have certainly bet my my bottom dollar that judith was going to be the shocking twist yeah. of this episode yeah. for so sure for sure i so yeah color me surprised <laughs> Yeah, and you're right. I, th- I think those scenes were kind of specifically designed to keep you like, yeah, she's still here. Yeah, the feedback on her dying wasn't very good. <laughs> so, yeah. so we decided to switch it up and do Carl instead. Which kind of makes me surprised. Like, I, I hear what you're saying. Well, it's not even that I hear what you're saying. I I, I, I see that that some people are saying that the show is reacting to feedback, you know, and they're they're take, making course correct corrections accordingly. Right. But part of me is kind of like, I don't know about that. I think... I don't know. I, think the I, only, I don't know, yeah. I think the only feedback that they're taking is in the way they present what they ultimately want to do anyway. So mm-hmm. like, so it's like, like how grotesque do we want to get it? Well, either grotesque or like the way they trolled us with Judith in, in the silhouette right. and kind of like, like, okay, right from the beginning of the show, it's kind of like, okay, well, I guess we're saying goodbye to Judith with Michonne. Yeah. <laughs> and then like at the end, the silhouette of her like, eh, she's still here. So I was like, all right, Judith is still there. Being taken care of by Daryl. Yeah, of all people too. Of all people. Like a non-existent Daryl, Daryl Dixon. So it's, uh, it's all the non-existent characters on one side. <laughs> and then oh yeah. man okay if you think about the way Glenn fake died you know feigned dying it, yes, I think his dumpster death yeah I think the way yeah exactly I think the way that they did that was in reaction to like fans like okay let's just see how you know oh they don't want him to die oh we'll bring him back uh, only to kill him again so right a couple episodes later so you know it's kind of like I think they'll do it in as much as they're gonna do what they're gonna do anyway but at least now they can actually troll harder you know so, <laughs> so you know, if they're even reacting at all like maybe they're just doing it to do it anyway and and so it just yeah. ends up the, the result ends up being the same i think the only person only thing that changes is the way we react to it you know like oh we were acting so hard oh they changed it oh okay cool oh no they didn't change it so yeah you know, yeah there's always a chance that judith ends up biting it anyway in the next episode or two so true this is the way things go man on this show sometimes yeah. and you know what 
we're saying more about like about you know characters having needing some sort of nonsenseless death i mean you know look at look at the way some of these characters ended up like uh you know i mean like dale and t-dog and right shane to a certain extent i mean i know they kept him around for a little while but tyrese tyrese i mean they they gave him a kind of a beautiful montage like a beautiful walkthrough of his life but yeah you know at the same time kind of senseless you know if you it really was. think about it yeah it was you're right i mean tyrese's death was definitely one of those that I would classify as like the senseless death. I mean, they did it very beautifully in terms of, you know, his send off. I like how they did it. I like the car ride. I like the different people that have come and gone, you know, so I thought that that was very well done. And honestly, like with Carl, I'm almost certain that if he is done, which is, sounds like it is the case. be the case with his haircut and all. Yeah. <laughs> he looks I'm, very good, by the way. He does. He looks like a new man. He looks like a new young man. Yeah. have to admit. Yeah. But the yes, hair. Seriously. Yeah. I am sure that they could do a lot of Carl flashbacks. Remember, Rick saw Lori. I was going to say like, that, yeah. <laughs> many times after Lori passed away because... <laughs> and if he was feeling that way about Lori, I can't imagine for his own son. I have to imagine that for Carl. I mean, that's the other thing. How does Rick handle it? Yeah, yeah. And, and if you think about it, the way he handled Lori's visions, he, as the handful that they were, you have to remember that Lori wasn't exactly like a very positive protagonist. You know, she's no. very, very conflicted, very, um, not confusing character, but very um, kind of neutral almost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like she wasn't a, uh, I'm, you know, for lack of better word, she wasn't like the best in influence on Rick, you know, no, especially in no. the initial, but like even throughout, you know, the middle yeah, and all the way to her death. But Carl, now that would be a more powerful vision to have because yeah. his last few words, his last real interaction with Rick, those were very powerful. And I think those will be ringing in his head. And I yeah. think the idea or the presence of Sadiq through, throughout this will be a living reminder of those words. So it's right. kind of like, how can you forget what you need to aspire to yeah. when it comes to how how this is going to end and play out. Yeah. yeah. And then saying those words and then saying Sadiq Sadiq's own mother's words. Yeah. You know? So yeah. there, there's definitely something to it. I mean, we've seen the flash forward or the right flash forward, I guess. So yeah. I think the writing's on the wall here. You know, I think we know where the show is kind of going to go. The fact that he even says those lines in a flash forward, it, you know, in the beginning, the first episode of the season tells you exactly how this is going to end up, you know, or at least how he's going to approach it. Right. Whatever happens afterwards, really all bets are off the table. Like we assume so much. We assume that Negan is going to survive this. Right. But deep down in my heart i'm kind of like thinking to myself what if this was the only way to actually kill Negan? <laughs> so i don't know yeah I really don't know. and you know what i kind of like that i kind of like that we've kicked the comic not to no offense no no like we've kind of kicked the comic readers in the nuts yeah exactly like you kind of you guys have had it coming <laughs> With all of your like, oh yeah, you should read the book. Book's better. You know, like that's right. that, that kind of crowd, which I'll admit, not a lot of people do. It's like, it's the it's the huge difference between the people that read the Game of Thrones books mm-hmm. and, and then watch the show and then like The Walking Dead and the people that watch the show. It's like, yeah, they have some glimpses and insights into the show, the Walking Dead fans, the comic fans. But first of all, they're usually pretty tight-lipped. Right. And it's not even that. There's enough of a divergence where it's right from the onset that this wasn't really a problem. Mm-hmm. With the Game of Thrones, like, and I haven't read the 
the books, but from what I'm understanding, there were slight divergences. And then all of a sudden, like near the end, the last season slash season or two, the first half of that last season, I think this was, this is like a half of a season that we just had over the summer that hasn't even been written yet. So that's a complete diversion from, from what's been, what's potentially going to be mm-hmm. written. Who knows? Right. Or if it ever will be written, who knows? So it's time that the comic readers are completely in the dark, you know, like, and, and, you know, we yeah. do reach research on the show. I mean, I, I troll it, trial, like troll images um, online for different things. And, and you know, I, I've seen images of, you know, future happenings. And it's kind of like, will we even see these characters come up? Will we even see some of these futures anymore? And it's kind of like, I'm kind of glad that it's kind of up in the air right now. Yeah, I'm no, glad right n- completely in the dark. Yeah, right now, it's very up in the air. Because really, they could take the next arc, they, they could follow the comic and follow the next arc, give Carl's storyline to somebody else, they could do that, sure. But they could go in a completely different direction. And I mean, what about, for example, that helicopter? We still don't have confirmation on what's up with that helicopter. That helicopter, though. <laughs> that helicopter. Yeah, and it's I, true. I, that is the unknown. That is a big question mark. Who in yeah. the world is flying that helicopter? Yeah, <laughs> what, I'm un- what I'm unaware of. <laughs> wholly unaware of. I am wholly unaware of. But I know what I don't know. <laughs> And that helicopter, though. <laughs> that helicopter, I am clueless and I need to know. I need to understand who is in that helicopter. What's I wonder that? if it's going to... But you know what? They, they could... You know what they could do? They could do the same thing that they, that they did with Heath. Leave a little calling note or whatever and just never revisit it until like a season later or something. They could do that. Yeah, I was just going to bring up Heath. Yeah. Yeah. Heath is flying the helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Well, you know what? I, hmm. I just saw an entryway in. Oh, I, I didn't even get to what my theory was, but but I'll get to that. The Heath thing, you know, we were pretty close to Oceanside when we lost Heath. What if Oceanside has had him for a while? And I'm wondering that if that, cool. that's his re-entry point. That would be you cool. Know? If he was being like held as their hostage. Yeah, like like maybe he's even married to... Like, Cindy. Is it Cindy? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think like, so. Like what if he's like, quote-unquote, married to her right now? That could be a good way out of that situation for Aaron and Enid. It, yeah, because yeah. that is a... St- situation i don't know necessarily how you get out of that one yeah i'm very concerned the only way i can see that happening is now for at this moment is is through heath showing up somehow like saying oh i know them oh they wouldn't do that etc they wouldn't do that yeah they're not killers you know your grandmother is kind of a cuckoo for cocoa puffs yeah she wants to kill people on site and i mean honestly not you know not to be rude but not having i forget what the grandma's name was but she was the one that was super against them joining them in the war effort right but there for, were people yeah but it's like the ocean but in terms of some of the other women on the ocean side they were like hey that sounds good <laughs> you know sure you know we'll fight too but it was her specifically as the matriarch that she was very much adamantly against no we're not going to get ourselves involved in this right right backsliding <laughs> i still say that simon was one who killed all their men I, I agree and you know what else i think this is this is a good segue into what i was thinking that like the only only way that one of the few ways I think could be an entry point into Negan possibly having a peace treaty with the Rick's crew is in an effort to reign in his lieutenants. I think what Auk has started uh, by starving them out and possibly threatening their their hold with the workers, I think the damage has been done. I think enough doubt is in place to kind of not only 
cause the lieutenants to break off, but also to, to maybe have some of the saviors break off with them, you know, and, and start different factions, you know, maybe mm-hmm. different control. Maybe they, they get a little selfish. I'm not right. seeing that in this episode, but what I'm, uh, but what I could potentially see is we can start seeing the damage that has been done, like with the people and right. like a slow kind of seed that's been planted, you know, in Simon's head and, and Gavin's head, even definitely Regina. And this could also even be a good way for Eugene to come back too seeing the writing on the wall and saying oh, I got a book you know and that sort of thing and and then you know Negan crosses lines and says you know what I kind of need your help right now you right. know I, I kind of need you to rein because because they are nothing without me and it, with your numbers and and your your ties to other communities we could definitely put, shut this down right you know, and even and I could even get the workers to to join in you know because they love me yeah that sort of thing so yeah. I, I can definitely see that happening I think even the workers would have I think part of them are, are kind of sick and tired of taking it you know and you know as much as they're fine with their arrangement i think part of them are kind of like we're kind of sick of living under this threat you know and if right. and if negan comes out with some sort of rick like speech with them you know i think he could definitely inspire them right to, to, to do greatness that, that sort of thing because they're every you know they're just men the saviors the savior knights let's say and the savior lords are just men yeah you know they may be skilled fighters but like if you have enough numbers you know and, and know yeah. how and, and negan might even have some knowledge that the lieutenants don't have you know yeah they, they seem to take orders pretty well. They do. So, oh, I'm just thinking about it. Like, there's some good entry points. The Carl thing, the joining forces thing. I think one of the highlights for me, if I had to say that Carl's situation... There are highlights in this of, episode? I think Maggie <laughs> coming into her own was yeah. pretty darn great to see. Yeah. Again, this is why I'm saying that I'm so over Jesus. So <laughs> over Jesus. What is his role? It's, it's, such a, it's such a disappointment to me. I mean, and again, okay, I get it. We're not going by the comics and whatever, but he was bad at... I mean, the way he was first introduced, that he was this mysterious guy and you didn't know necessarily what community he was from or what he what his deal was, but he was very martial and like that was very interesting. And when they introduced him, I was like, oh yes, they're introducing Jesus, you know? And I knew certain things. So when you see him fighting in that particular introductory episode with Daryl especially, I was like, oh, Yes, it's awesome. But they haven't really done anything like that since. Yeah. Not really. Even even that fight scene with Morgan wasn't kind of like, uh, yeah, we're was, fighting our own now again. Right. So I was just, I was, ugh. but I was very pleased with Maggie because, you know what I love about the, the whole Maggie piece and, you know, obviously you know, she gets stopped on the street the hilltop gets stopped on, on the streets leading to because my understanding is that it seems like they were on their way to the sanctuary to you know quote unquote finish this yeah, according yeah to definitely, plan. definitely. Um, and they get stopped on the road by the saviors who had Jerry is Jerry okay we never got confirmation that Jerry's okay yeah I, I you know what I had assumed that he went with hilltop but I hadn't seen him but they don't exactly it's like I oh. assumed that he was okay because if the, anything were to happen to him like we would have seen it but yeah i was like i'm assuming he's a hilltop you know what he might actually be at the sanctuary oh god mm-hmm. Poor Jerry. yeah but who knows maybe this is one of those decisions they kind of keep to the vest until yeah the se- until the mid-season opens you know they decide how to play that card mm. surprise surprise Possibly. give yourself up ezekiel <laughs> zeke my man give yourself up <laughs> I was very pleased to see Maggie be very strategic in that confrontation with Simon. They, by the way, the saviors are all about the big display, aren't they? Because the whole coffin thing, 
how do they have all these coffins? They did the same thing with Sasha. Here yeah. again, we have another coffin. I was like, when they brought it out, I was like, what is this about? I'm not sure. Well, this one's a bit more roughshod. The other one was a much more like funeral home yes. made coffin. They took it from the parlor. Casket, yeah. Say. Yeah, this one was very rough. You know, this, bare one, bones. this one's more of like a Jewish burial where it's nothing fancy. <laughs> nothing fancy. Let's slap some pine on there and drill some holes. You're good. You're good, son. Yeah. <laughs> It, it was it was very very it was a very humble very humble coffin yeah I will say more like but a chicken it, crate I will say that hilltop scene though made me so nervous I will say that Simon makes me no, more nervous than Negan you're saying in the in the cars or at yeah, the hilltop the okay. car the, the interaction between the saviors and the hilltop community on the road yeah when I saw that when I saw the tree the tree in the road and the, oh and immediately the, and Maggie freaking out I was kind of like oh come on man they just can't catch a break can't catch <laughs> like, a break this was basically like. I, I don't know who said it, but I was like, this is exactly it. It's like the first half of the season has been very much all about Rick and, and moving forward and, and all of that. And this episode was basically like the Empire Strikes Back. And I'm looking forward to Return of the Jedi next yeah. season. Like yeah. that's literally like, it, that's literally what it was. It was like, basically like the saviors got out and are just kicking ass and taking names. They're at the kingdom. They're confronting the hilltop. They're at Alexandria. They're just... Everywhere. It's like the, but, uh, the, they're rolling out the unfinished Death Star. You know, it's like yes. they're still kind of recovering. I think, I like I said, like I don't know that they're a hundred percent. That they're a hundred percent. You know, like mm-hmm. I still think that there is damage, whether whether it's like emotionally or and or I like think resource wise, they still don't have food. You know, that sort of know. thing. Yeah, I mean, I think that resources are running slim. Um, and I wonder too, from a people perspective, because I thought it was really interesting. Again, with Maggie, obviously Simon gives her options about what they can do and what options they have and basically they want to keep the hilltop alive because it's their source of food and yeah. nutrition and all of that so they want them to produce so yeah. um, that's a that's a really good point by the way yeah. yeah yeah i was wondering i was wondering why he was going easy on on hilltop really yeah i was confused about that at first too and then upon kind of seeing it again i realized oh well okay so it's because basically they can get something from them and you know it's pointless to kill them because then you're really then you're really out of look because where are you going to get your resources from yeah the um, value in the, in that resource because they can't spare their own obviously no they can't spare their own and the sanctuary doesn't really have i mean we've seen glimpses of the sanctuary where they have certain goods and things like that but we knew that the hilltop is is farmers we knew that with the kingdom they seem to grow a certain amount of produce too because they had that arrangement with gavin where they would right. bring like the cantaloupes and the pigs and all of that so That's clearly right. like these other communities have figured out how to produce for their communities. So it's in their best interest, not so much with Alexandria, but with Hilltop, especially to keep them around because otherwise it, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot. But actually, it was. You know I have a question though, and mm-hmm. something that we haven't seen thus far, but since before season eight started, I've been wondering, we haven't seen snow. And I know that they're in Virginia, <laughs> yes. right, or like in the DC yeah. area or just a little below. It I'm snows. Wondering, it snows. Man. I've been in Virginia where in, when it snows. Yeah, me too. Or at least pass through. But I know that. And you know, I think this would be an interesting opportunity to kind of exploit that. Because before they were kind of in Georgia. And Georgia, right. I mean, like just like Florida gets fair weather throughout the year. Well, or sweltering, humid weather. Right. You know, but in the winter, it's kind of fair, not too bad, but no snow. And I mean, this could be a unique opportunity to kind of like say, okay, long game. You know, we could do a Game of Thrones and winter is coming. Yeah. So for scavenging, it's bad. For farming, there's a season. It's not looking very 
very good on the resources front. I mean, right. they've got to kind of stockpile things to a certain extent. So I don't yeah. really know how that's going to play out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to play they, out. Maybe they'll be keeping it to the vest, sneaking winter in at some point. That you would know, be very like, interesting. It'd be jarring. As a theme, like, because we haven't seen it, you know, we mm-hmm. haven't we haven't had to experience it yet. So, no. you know, it's different from like year round farming where you could just turn the crop down right. in the south. You know, oh, okay, this this half of the year we're planting cotton, let's say, or in the, the other half of the year we're planting, uh, you know, sorghum right, <laughs> or, like, right. or like wheat or corn or something. Right. You know, right. different parts of the year yield different crops, right? So, yeah. But like with Virginia, I mean, look, there's it's temperate. I mean, somewhat yeah, temperate, temperate at least. So. No, it is. It's definitely temperate because they definitely get their share of winters. They have um, to do that this year. It's It's got to happen this this mid in this know. mid-season, the rest of the mid-season. Even if it's the last there. episode. Yeah. The last episode. The like, very yeah. last episode of like the whole series. You start to see like snow falling at the end scene and the it's like scene. oh crap this is the bigger enemy <laughs> No, is, is the bigger enemy. Oh, man. Because they haven't really addressed that. Like, they haven't really addressed that on either of the communities, like the Alexandria, the, the mm-hmm. Hilltop. I mean, they've probably, they have, they've been around for a while. I, I don't know how long this apocalypse has been going on, too, which that's another thing that I've been wondering about. Have they had a winter yet? Yeah. Is, has it been more than a year? I mean, it has, my, to, have been. It has to. It yeah. has to have been more than a year. My understanding is that it definitely has to have been like a few years. It has to. Which is why they're still using cars from like six to eight years ago right. i think i believe yeah maybe even, I, maybe even earlier who knows uh, i don't know but i i did i i did think that the scene with the saviors in the hilltop was intimidating because simon is a loose cannon i firmly believe that simon was responsible for the death of all the men and boys at oceanside so i feel he's a loose cannon and i feel like you don't necessarily know what to anticipate with him when he turned around and shot at maggie's car like i i was so worried for a second because it happened so fast so I was concerned yeah. for a moment. I was like, oh my God, Jerry. Like, I didn't really care so much about Jesus. But I mean, oh, like, wow. It comes out. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't dislike him or anything, but I just, right. I would have been surprised. I would have been like, oh, wow, that's crazy. But like, I wouldn't yeah. have been like, no, you know, if it would have been Jerry, I would have, I would have been very sad. But, but no, it's Neil in the back, a red coat that was basically just there. A red shirt? Is Never that what you s- a red coat? Yes, a red They're coat. Coming. I'm sorry. Red coats are coming. It's winter, damn it. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, red uh, shirt. Yeah, yeah it, it, red shirt. Isn't it weird how we don't really react to like a red no. shirt dying? Like we've, we've, no. we've spent so much energy biting our nails. Like my nails are lit. Because I've watched this episode my probably anxiety. four times. Yeah. Four times. And uh. my nails are in bad shape. Like my, yeah. like I'm starting to bite off pieces is a finger it's just i <laughs> honestly I, I think that the most stressful episode to me was the glenn and abraham episode like the the premiere when we found out what happened i am not one to look into spoilers i don't want to i want to generally like watch it and be surprised and kind of you know i can make my own predictions and see what happens with that because i kind of knew what was coming and obviously like the way the season had left off it was showed negan's murder from the point of view of the victim i i I was like, I need to mentally prepare myself for what's going to happen that I know is going to happen. And I did look up spoilers and found out, okay, this is how it's going to happen. Wow. And I, 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 I did not, I needed to prepare myself. I was like, I don't think, I do not want to sit there very comfortably and just be shocked and floored and just, but even knowing what was going to happen, my anxiety was still like through the roof because I was waiting for it to happen. <laughs> 
because it's like I knew it was coming. I mean, that's why it's kind of pointless, like in terms of spoilers. It doesn't change anything, really. No, it does. You're you're still going to be just as appalled. Like you're not. It's not going to take anything away from that. Yeah, you may know to prepare yourself a little bit for what you're about to see, but I mean, it's not going to you know dramatically change what you're going to see. You're still going to have the same reaction. But yeah, no, Neil was a red shirt and he was killed. We never saw him before. Yeah, he's Dance randomly. Right. He's red. Yeah, exactly. And he's just <laughs> randomly in the car with them this time around. Okay. I feel like we may have seen him at the first introduction of Rick to the Hilltop. Uh, like, remember when he killed that guy? Maybe he was there. Remember, remember that he they, uh, was. Was it Rick that killed the guy or Daryl? I can't remember which. But mm-hmm. like, was right it? when they when they first go into the Hilltop. Oh, maybe, yeah. maybe. But he might have been there. But I, either way, I mean, you're right. He's, it's just like how do you how do you react properly to that? You're just like wow, that sucks. It just, it just bl- <laughs> I mean, that's how I was. I was like, it bl- oh, it man. just blends into the landscape. Like it blends yeah. into the overall. Like, come on, you're like, oh man, yeah. You know, they get they pulled over, and it's just it's it's gonna how it's how it's gonna be right now. Duh. Yeah, you know, like I'm frustrated. I was a mix of so frustrated and terrified, and I was just paranoid about Jerry. I was just like, when it because it happened so fast, I was like, oh my god, is Jerry still alive? Oh, okay, Maggie's still alive. Okay, yeah, and Jerry, like, Jerry ain't looking too good you know no he's not so i'm just concerned but i don't know because they that was one of the things they left that very open-ended like where yeah. is jerry is he okay you know oh, like when he got hit by the car basically right and he that they and him. when they had him and all that it was just sort of like they let him go once they let you guys go to mm. go back to the hilltop i don't know but yes maggie returns to the hilltop and summons one of the saviors i think it was the savior that held up Dean. yes yes pissing it was Dean. yes she he calls him out and the other guy like the nice savior Dylan right Dylan yes whom we find out may not be named Dylan by the way how do how, wait oh how? yeah I, I meant to jar you there he calls back to who we Al, thought was right exactly what's that about that is very interesting shut up Al if Cupcake, Cupcake wants to show give us a show go blam blam right Al who's yeah. Al I know that was that is a very interesting point I did notice that I was like Al that's, that's where that 20% comes from man like it's like I said, there's mm-hmm. that eighty percent that kind of like I'm on board with this guy, I'm cool with this guy, mm-hmm. and then that twenty percent is named Al. The twenty percent <laughs> that I'm not on board with, and I'm not saying that that changes anything necessarily. Yeah, I mean I get it. Sure, why give a real name, right? right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what to make of that man. I mean Jesus goes by Jesus. That's not really his name. That's true. Did we get his real name? I feel like we yes. did. Yeah, it's Paul Monroe, something along like that. We we got that from the show or. Yeah, at that very first episode where he's introduced because Rick mm. and Daryl kind of like come up on him from behind and like have their guns up and he puts his hands up and oh. you know they ask him like who are you and he says his name which I think he said was like Paul Monroe and he turns around and says but my friends call me Jesus right, and then right. that's that's been Jesus ever since which I love that name too like Monroe because it is that, a, a cool name right wasn't Monroe like from oh that by the way that's the guy remember I, I mentioned Revolution yes <laughs> it's the Monroe Republic. So Monroe Republic. <laughs> the guy that the bad guy who turns out to end up fighting with the good guys. He's his name was Monroe. All these like little these um because he was a president and I think he was from Virginia. Yeah. Right? yeah. Which is which is even what? cooler. Could, yeah, I think you're right. The the Virginia colony. So that I that I always I like our American history sometimes. Like I like when people can blend in these uh these colonial names. Well know, somebody stories. Somebody mentioned that when Enid and Aaron decided to take their detour and they went to the Roanoke distillery. Oh, 
Oh, the and North North Carolina. The colony uh, that disappeared. Colony, that's right. Yeah. So, and I and I noticed that too when they were going there. I was like Roanoke. I was yeah. like, isn't that that colony that disappeared? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to extrapolate too much from that because it is a real. Yeah. It's a real place. <laughs> real yeah. people live there. Yeah. So. Exactly. So I was like, hmm. Yeah, kind of. I yeah. You want them to do something with that, but it's kind of like, yeah, we'll just leave it there. We'll just leave it there. Haunted whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to leave that there. This whiskey has been infused with the souls of the lost people of Roanoke. Oh Enjoy Oceanside. That's where Jeez. we cue the commercial. That's where for, the commercial comes in. For Roanoke Distillery. <laughs> Roanoke Distillery. Yeah, yeah, but I appreciated Maggie shooting the savior. Yeah, like, no hesitation. Right. And I also appreciate her basically saying, like, you know, we have to prepare, like, Hilltop for the last stand, you know, that sort of thing. But I really appreciate her walking away and be and holding back tears or being teary. I appreciate that so much because I think that's such a human sort of approach in the sense of that she does not want to be executing people. That's not what she wants to do whatsoever. But she has to act accordingly in order to be strategic in this war with these enemies that they're dealing with. And we see, obviously at the end of the episode, that they don't use the coffin for Neil. They use it to put in the savior and she leaves a note at the top saying like one down what is a 38 to go something That's like right. that we have 38 more stand right. down yeah exactly which I loved. I was like, that is awesome. Yeah, and not know. only that, she is acutely aware that Hilltop is kind of like the last stand right now. Right. It which is, is very stand. insightful. Very, very insightful. The kingdom is, is done. Alexandria is blown to bits. So yeah, the Hilltop is the last stand. And it's a good point. thing Simon talks too much. Let's put it that yeah. way. <laughs> so. He's very chatty. Did you ever play Grand Theft Auto, by the way? I have played Grand Theft Auto, but he, he was he Liberty City or was he something else? Vice I, City? I, no, I no, don't. he was the later ones right i think five? he might have been yeah it might have been grand theft auto 5 he was trevor see I, I i don't think i got that far i mean i have a co- i have a copy of it but yeah he's just such a creep steven Ogg definitely has this weird je ne sais quoi about him <laughs> that he's leveraged very well for himself which is awesome it's good for him i think he was even recently on a show called broad city yes really? he was on a recent episode or an episode not that long ago broad city where he plays I think like a locksmith or handyman or something because one of the chicks had locked herself out of her apartment and he comes and he's like just really skeevy just super slimy I'm like this is you you're just always this guy (laughs) you're always (laughs) typecast yes yeah I was like clearly this is just what you exude you know like it's just this sort of like and he might be the nicest person in the world (laughs) he's he's got that handlebar mustache yeah he just has that look, you know, just sketchy, sketchy as hell. Meanwhile, you look at his like his promo photos, his his headshots, and there he actually looks really good. No, I mean he's he's actually like a lot of these people. Like they've been in a ton of things. You know, we just know them from Walking Dead, but you know, right? With many of them, like they've been on a lot. I mean, look, every holiday time, I always see Andrew Lincoln, aka Rick Grimes, <laughs> on TV because he was in Love Actually, and it's one of my favorite Christmas. Oh. Movies, and it's you on all the time. Yeah, I gotta watch that again now because I, 
<laughs> I have this like totally new appreciation. I haven't seen it in years, like maybe <laughs> no, 10 years, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, so now I have like a new for appreciation for it. I know. And it's just so bizarre to hear him talking in his normal British accent, you know? Yeah. yeah. No yeah. coral, none of that. You know? Every now and again, I'll pop a, a coral, you know, like just, yeah. just randomly, just to keep it real. <laughs> oh, I know. I know who you are. I know I'm gonna, who you are, Andrew Lincoln. I'm going to miss that. Oh, I'm going to miss that. No yeah. more of that. But I did appreciate Maggie's piece. And I feel like that's the Hilltop's piece right there. That was basically their their part of the story. We have Ezekiel at the kingdom yeah. who is basically just buried in the chains of guilt that are holding him back. He is carrying around Shiva's chain. Like He's still like in that same kind of spot that he was when Carol was talking to him. Like It's like he hasn't left. But then we hear, we, you know, we come to realize that the saviors have kind of ambushed the kingdom and, you know, Ezekiel runs and and Gavin's the one who I guess has been tasked with having to come to um, Kingdom. kingdom right. Again, Gavin is middle management who hates being middle management. Like he yeah. just doesn't want to do his job at all. Like he begrudgingly does it because of the health insurance. But like he does <laughs> You know what I mean? The benefits, like, are, I guess, are good. Like, the benefits are good, I guess, and I'm not going to find another job that offers me, like, good dental. So I'm going to suck it up, and I'm going to deal with it, even though I hate my boss and, like, ugh, you know, I don't want to be here, but I guess I got to do it. Like, that's basically his attitude about it. Yeah, yeah. He does say something, though, and I'm just, I have to bring it up because I had to actually put on the closed captionings to hear this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel eventually sets off an explosion. There's a distraction. It gives them time for the kingdom to get away in a school bus and and head to Carol's you know Carol's little shack on the yes. way to the kingdom but when Gavin has Ezekiel cornered and you know Morgan starts coming out of the shadows mm-hmm. he starts to say something and it's like now now a lot of a lot more people have to die so and he says sometimes you just have to swallow it I do Jesus I thought you knew that too like something about that mm. something about that like every single interaction between Gavin and and, and Ezekiel Ezekiel there's always something where like you know I, it, that I don't want to do this. Like, you absolutely mm-hmm. know. It like makes me wonder. history there. Yeah, like, it makes me wonder, okay, think about Benjamin's dad and his mysterious demise. Right. 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 I Which wonder, I still look at that with a side eye. Right. Now now I wonder if th- the three of them were together in the kingdom, you know, as equals or something or as, you know, as knights or, you know what I mean? Just like as, as, as people trying to survive and taking care of all these people. And I wonder whether, you know, the saviors roll through and pick a representative of the kingdom you know yeah. and could that be could that have been gavin part of him is is like oh you know i'm gonna step into this role but you know i, I won't take full part of it but i think maybe somewhere along the line he kind of bought in mm-hmm. and that's and that's why he talks to the kingdom and that's why he it, it, i always found it funny the way he talks to the kingdom like in a way he understands like in a way right i think maybe that was negan's strategy let me pick one of their own to bring back to the home base yeah in, in order be. to manage them you know and because i always found it kind of like okay why is this guy so like I don't buy it but I also think why would he even bother like he's got the full force of the saviors behind him why right. would you even bother with kind of like I don't want to do this right I yeah. always found it there kind of fishy be. there could be something I, I mean his character definitely is super reluctant to like enforce any sort of violence or, or pushiness at all like it just he does not want to do that yeah. clearly he's the arm holding back Jared in a yeah, way yeah <laughs> well he didn't like when Jared shot Benjamin he came 
came down on Jared for that immediately. Yeah. So he he doesn't want things to have to escalate to that level. Yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder if we're, I mean, I think that we will find out a little bit more, honestly, especially since when we leave it, Ezekiel basically locked himself in to the kingdom with the saviors to give his people time to basically run and, and not get captured. Yeah. And now Morgan shows up and I I wonder what happens to Gavin now. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. there's a perfect opportunity. For, yeah. He doesn't die. Just remember no. that. He just, just remember that. He can't. Nope. Yeah. So I think that uh, th- this would be a perfect opportunity for, for him to get Ezekiel out of this mess. Because part of me is thinking to myself, okay, had Morgan not showed up, I think I think Zeke would have been done. Where they would take Zeke back to the, the sanctuary, they would get it done, and then and then right at that moment, Negan has a peace deal with Alexandria. It'd be like this this senseless death, you know, in the midst of this peace negotiation that, that, the, right. that the rest of the saviors don't know what's going on. Yeah. And that's, I don't know why I walk away with this feeling, this dread that like, oh, man, we're going to kill this guy for no reason. But mm. now that Morgan is showing up, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance for this not happen. Yeah. Because I just it, feel like that's the way it's going to go down, you know, in my right. head. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I feel the way I do. <laughs> very, I'm very cynical as a result of this episode. Not as a, yeah. result, as a result of this season, plus the last few seasons. Yeah. Very, not disillusioned, but more like, uh, you know, I got my cynical eye on and it's hard to take those those filmy glasses off. It's hard to take off. It, it's hard to put on those rose-colored glasses yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I'm dealing with blurred vision and then filmy glasses and it's kind of like, hey, what, what am I to expect otherwise? I'm too lazy to go to the, the eye doctor to get into a prescription. Yeah, I think it's getting a little too real with my commentary. <laughs> so, I, I, I get what you're putting down. I my eyes checked. I, I got it. I understand. As somebody yeah. with horrible vision, I, I get it. <laughs> okay, good. The whole thing with with Gavin is just is just very. I think that there's history there, and yeah. I think and maybe they'll leave it there. I don't know. They might leave it there, but considering Ezekiel locked himself into uh, the kingdom with the saviors, I think we're gonna see a little bit more interaction that will hopefully give us a little bit more background in terms of yeah. that relationship. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Like he doesn't have to plea with with Ezekiel. No, you're like I don't know what that scene is all about. To. No, he yeah. doesn't have to at all. So I mean, the, like the, the the kingdoms all they all but run away. So why does he he doesn't really have to rap with with uh, Ezekiel it makes you wonder why that scene even has to exist but then so there must be a purpose to it there must be a reason for it you know so what would be know, interesting it, is it does if bug Gavin, it bugs you in what way no it, it just bugs me that this, that whole scene just doesn't need to happen and yet it does and so it makes me wonder if there's something more to that if there's a lot more to that you know the stuff we've, we've already mentioned but it's just mingling at me now it'll be interesting to see like I mean what if he is is on Ezekiel's side what if he's another not exactly like Dwight but you know I'm sure that there are various there are various defectors within the saviors that do not agree with it they're there but they don't agree with it it might have been in the big scary you episode where uh, Regina kills one of the workers that starts to kind of like you know rise up against the lieutenants and I think we found out that that worker had weapons on them that they wouldn't have had access to without help from the inside so clearly there is a similar sentence among the workers that they're not necessarily completely buying into this whole Negan thing. I see. So there's so, like a vein of resistance. Like, right. So Dwight be, obviously has uh, right. 
It's of some kind. Right. Even if it's just a few. Okay. Okay. It'd be interesting to see if Gavin is torn, if mm. he is sympathetic to Ezekiel and his people and why they would resist. He might be sympathetic and he might be, he might try to reason with him and tell him like, look, you know, stop fighting a losing, ba- a losing battle. Because yeah, it's all I about think, perspective. Yeah. Because I think that there's some semblance of a mutual respect between the two men or at least Gavin towards Ezekiel. And so I think we're going to see more personally, I think. Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I mean, it, it really does explain my theory about Gavin's origin, like a split off from the from the kingdom. Like he was a kingdomite. Right. You know, so I mean, I like the idea. Who knows what happens? But yeah. It, yeah. But yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it would yeah. be interesting. It would, it would be, be interesting very, to see. Very, very interesting. I do want to talk about one thing and that was Michonne's reaction. To, you know, as a, as oh, a, when Nian showed up at the at Alexandria? More that when they when they when it was time to escape and head head to head to the sewers, she has a oh, she was frozen. Moment. She, yeah, yeah, she has like a Morgan moment. Yeah, and, she, and she she starts she clearing. Frozen. She does. She starts clearing. She's just <laughs> because I think. I know. Now it's everything's like clear. She's standing there watching their home burn to the ground. Their basically, future. remember her resistance to Carl. Carl's yeah. plan. No, this yeah. is our future. We can't. We, you can't. You can't let it burn down. Carl's like, shut the hell up. Do yeah. my plan. Right. Because it's just gonna go down right now. <laughs> right. Exactly. Your life is way more important. And yeah, that, that was really literally the only insight I had to this episode because the idea of of her having a future, like looking towards the future, was a means for her to kind of put the katan down at one point. You know, right. to, to hang it up on the mantle and all that stuff right and, yep it's true and having that be taken away is a lot like morgan losing his grip on eastman's training and learning to kill again it's and like Tabitha. she has to do that again oh man yeah. yeah so i can see it i mean i'm glad that carl was at was at the right moment to get her to snap in but then also rick was there right after she started going apy yeah. oh man on that on that guy's body like yeah, flogging a dead horse t- yeah she went to town Eesh. so yeah and, and even like her reaction just just her yeah, Rick, Rick is like where'd everybody go she's like Whew. and she just she's trying to get a hold of herself you know but yeah. she's just losing it man and I, I feel like this is gonna maybe play into the next the rest of at least the next episode or two uh, into you know like how she's gonna be interacting with everybody yeah I, I just don't know I don't know how don't know she's gonna that. feel I, I don't I, I don't know necessarily we know that she already experienced the loss of her own child yeah. we, we know that she that she was married she had a child and she lost all of that and Rick and and Carl are her family now you know they yeah. have their little like unit um, and Michonne and Carl have a very good relationship so I I am very curious to see how this will affect Michonne as much as it'll affect Rick yeah, um, yeah I, I I mean if I were Daryl and Tara I would be I would hide <laughs> I mean this this plan of theirs that they kept trying to get validation from throughout yeah. the episode it's like no your plan caused this. This is this is where we're at now. Okay. Yeah. Well, not necessarily. I mean. I know it was asked like three times, you know, did we do this? You know, and, and each of the times it was Eugene. But right. it's funny how I'm not saying I completely 180 on the foolishness of Daryl and Tara. Tara. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this episode was ne- necessary to express the idea of even just by judging by Michonne's reaction. I could mm-hmm. see why these people would really, really want this to be done. Because I think they just want to feel like they're going to be safe in their own homes. They want a secure future. They want a reason to live. Like, really, right. a reason, not only a reason 
reasons to live because we discussed they discussed that in 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 season five i think or six where it's not enough to have a reason to live it's 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 something to look forward to it's it's a life to look forward to and so having that taken away from them it's just kind of like look the more we dawdle and the more we don't put this guy out you know get get, you know get this thing done the less likely it is to have a future so so seeing michonne flip out like that i'm I'm wondering to myself i get it now i kind of get why they just want to stack the you know stack the deck against the saviors just like let's just corner it on all sides so i I don't know if pulling back and saying that it was eugene was more of like a writing device like they said last minute oh it's eugene Mm -hmm. because i don't know if daryl could handle another failure like getting killed yeah he would basically like sacrifice himself (laughs) he was ready to already before yeah i mean he he, but the thing is that he got glenn killed you know pretty much yeah you know it was only supposed to be one but then it ended up being two right so i don't think he would have been able to take it and i think the writers chose maybe that this was a eugene thing like oh that eugene saved them because i feel like it could have easily it could have easily said yeah you know that garbage truck thing you did yeah you you made it worse right and and they would have had to deal with that like daryl would have to deal with that reality and yeah i think it's very very possible that they turned that around because we don't see any we don't really see any evidence aside from the fat lady in the distance like the new yeah. fat lady i'm gonna have to call it on that one i think that they decided to change their minds on blaming the saviors getting out on on their on tarot i could see that yeah that's just that's just the way i feel <laughs> it would be too easy it would been too easy it, but then they would have. but then they would have to compensate for that and, and that would have gotten in the way of their overall arc probably mm-hmm. where yeah. they decided to take the show from here on in right right i mean and basically we're left with alexandria just being bombed the hell out of um, yeah. which i told you i anticipated i i anticipated that yeah they're gonna be throwing grenades into alexandria and basically just oh yeah that's you. right when I, you saw the uh the, the the sneak peek into this episode you saw the um flames in, in all, carl's face well it all looked like they were staring at something with the light that would be similar to the light of a fire like right. it just seemed like like it was some sort of light like that and so based on that and what i know from the comics i kind of figured like okay they're gonna show up at alexandria and they're just gonna bomb the hell out of alexandria but i expected them there to be kind of casualties during that which obviously we see that there really weren't other than carl really but that had nothing to do with that particular quote-unquote battle yeah at all you know and i'm I'm even wondering if because okay do you remember when michonne is grabbed by that savior and she quickly dispatches from behind yes i'm wondering i'm wondering if there were people because he mentions oh they're all dead and Mm -hmm. i'm wondering if there were people in the infirmary at the time i'm a little concerned about that yeah i mean that is true i mean we don't know necessarily like how safe is everybody did everybody make it out are they i mean it looked like you had a considerable number of people in that sewer yeah because he had those four paths so okay the rest of them could be in the left and right tubes because because if you look straight on you're like oh god is that all that's left is that all that's (laughs) left there there were some people on the sides i guess so yeah maybe bigger than it it looks but it doesn't look good (laughs) i Uh -uh. i don't know doesn't look good. Doesn't it look doesn't great. Look no, this doesn't. Mm. No. And that and last scene was a heartbreaker, man. That was this was too much. The way it was shot too was very beautifully shot. I, I think it was very well shot in in the way that he's sitting and you have like Rick and Michonne basically like on their knees next to him and the light kind of hitting Carl. I thought it was very it was very poetic in a very sad somber way. Very somber. Yeah. Is he looks very as as they usually do like clammy and just. Great. Yeah, Just not Clammy and, and pale. Yeah. 
Oh, man. Yeah, that was basically the episode. So when we come back, I assume that it will be Carl's last hurrah. Um, Carl's last stand. Carl's last stand. Yeah, exactly. he might be in bed. So Carl's last lie. I don't know. And and the thing is, it's like, well, I want to know what kind of, what letter he wrote to him. Because we saw, and, and this is part of the knowing that things weren't looking too hot for Carl was, you know, obviously he got a lot of screen time. But, yeah. you know, even in the beginning, he writes a note to his father. We didn't yeah. see what he wrote. So it'd be very interesting to see what that note ends up being. I hope he's carrying it since Alexandria is gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's all books have been burned. It's uh, all essential. books and papers and all that is gone. I hope he has that in his pocket. We're but a good starter fight, basically. Yes, <laughs> essentially. But yeah, I think I, so. I, I think it'll be one of those things where we see this note after Carl dies that sort of thing like it'll be like a carryover mm-hmm. and there'll be a voiceover I'm there'll sure there'll be a voiceover yeah because we need a little bit more uh, Chandler Riggs on the show after yeah. he's gone I mean you can't just write off such a major character like that and say okay he's dead now and that's it no if Laurie could make flashback scenes there is no reason why <laughs> Carl isn't involved to some extent in that way and I would be very curious to see how this leverages any sort or how this holds any wait with Negan. How does Negan find out that Carl dies? How does he react when Carl dies? All these things. I I really want to get into. I really want to see. Yeah, I mean, and and part of me is kind of like thinking to myself, how invested could could Negan possibly be in in Carl? There's a a screaming part of me that's going like, I don't know if this is going to go the way we want it to go. Mm -hmm. Maybe Negan is a little sick of people disappearing from this world and becoming the walking dead. I mean, we're, you know, the, the walkers, let's say. Right. So... There's a part of me that's kind of cynical and, and thinking to myself, okay, we're really banking a lot on, on Carl biting it and Negan being heavily affected by it. Right. And and like, look, we all know we all know that Carl's dying. Negan doesn't know right. yet. No. And I think that I mean, part of me is kind of like, okay, the way he said things the way he did, knowing that he was going to die, and then if Negan does hear about Carl dying or dead, maybe it'll affect him, but maybe it'll maybe it'll double down. I just don't. Part of me is thinking like, okay, this is this is this had to have happened before. I mean, he's mm-hmm. had to have ca- encountered somebody. Okay, okay, you know what? Let me back that up a bit. Mm-hmm. I think the people that he's tended to take over, you know, the kingdom, the hilltop, you know, all these people, maybe right. one or two people have been out, out in the wild. Alexandra, definitely not. And I know he, he right. had his eye on that for a while. But yeah. but at the same time, uh, I mean, part of me is thinking he's dealing with people that are essentially children. They're not right. survivors. You know, no. they're not survivors. He's got a rough and tumble gang of biker guys, or let's say, to be able to protect them. And I think that was his whole opening act like his his mm-hmm. elevator pitch was look we know what we're doing i'm i'm unkillable right you know so let let me let me take care of you you know and so right. maybe that's that's the way he thought he could exert his power and that now when he has the numbers you know oh well okay now we can extend our reign to anybody and everybody you right. know and i think until then they hadn't really met the kinds of survivors in the wild that they had until rick's crew right right so yeah. And I think the thing that attracted Negan to, to Carl in the first place was like, Rick, Carl, all of these people, they're survivors. They know how to handle themselves out in the wild. You know, they, these aren't, these aren't house cats. Right. They're kind of, fer- they're kind of feral. You don't want them in the house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so to, so, you know, I'm trying to like, you know, do the math on this, you know, like trying to put points on one column, put points on the other column. And, right. And at the end of the day, there are more points in my mind, like, okay, such potential, like this Carl, and like the, the thing he told Rick in the house as they were fighting, like, you know, yeah. in a, in a 
couple of years, this guy will be my top guy. You know, he'll be one yeah. of my top guys. Yeah. It's, the points are definitely on the side of him giving a crap. So Yeah, I think he would. I think he would care. And I just don't know how he finds out and how that plays out. Maybe yeah. that's the catalyst how is that to end more the war. Yeah. yeah, how? How would he find out about this? And how does he react to this? Yeah, it's a very interesting conversation. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I think... I think it'll affect them. I definitely think that it'll affect them. But like I said, because the trailer that we saw for Comic-Con, as far as I'm concerned, has been covered fully and completely by the first half of the season, it makes me wonder if Carl's sick, how much are we going to fight during the second half of the season? Is it going to be much less than the think, first half? Yeah, I think Gimple alluded as much. I mean, first of all, you had the first four episodes were high paced. Back to back to back. Yeah. So I think the, the extent of which... I think they're going to kind of return back to normal a little, a little bit. Okay. I mean, there was even some action elements. There, look at the how Alexandria blew up. Yeah. A, a lot went in, into the pyrotechnics. In spectacular fashion. Yeah. Scorched earth. Could you imagine yes. Could you imagine how that must feel? Like, do you remember what it took to actually build that entire community? They literally yeah. built, built like a whole town, a literal town, you know, a functional town right. in this one area. And to blow it all up. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's been there for like two, three years. I know. I think the effects people said that it was kind of bittersweet that, you know, okay, Alexandria's done. Yeah, take, taking it down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow, I can only imagine. Yeah, how that must feel. It, to me, it's like when I found out that the, the you know, the Lord of the Rings t- trilogy, mm-hmm. it, it started like, you know, at the end, I think with the tail end of high, sc- high school for me. And then it went all the way through to like, you know, the 2000s. It was like a 10 year journey. Mm-hmm. And the people like literally spent sizable fractions of their lives doing this thing. I don't know. It just, it just made me think of that. Like, OK, they've been they've had this place to film in for like the last two and a half years. It must feel like so strange to kind I'm of sure. to tear it down. Yeah. I don't I don't know, it's just something to dwell on. <laughs> I'm, no, I, I thought the same thing. And I think that they alluded to that on Talking Dead because I think that they talked to some of the special effects people on their team about the whole sacking of, of uh, Alexandria, basically. So, <laughs> a very Grecian. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah pretty much. But um, it was it was interesting. It was interesting to hear about how it was bittersweet for them because this has been their kind of backdrop. So yeah, what do you think is going to happen to Dwight? Because there was that whole skirmish where Dwight turns on the saviors as you yes. know the saviors are trying to gun down Terrell V two out in the woods, and then Dwight says, "I got to end this now." And and then there's this the next tattoo savior who gets away, the girl that gets away. Yes. And so I'm wondering now what's going to happen. Is she going to make it to Negan? If she makes it to Negan like she what now yeah. yeah and I'm wondering I'm wondering how far this is going to go because there's definitely a betrayal aspect how is that going right. to play into the peace process how is that going to there's already like I saw Tara's, Tara's face mm-hmm. and she was ready to pull the trigger oh yeah it was it was just pain, it was painier to hold back you know? Tara has to calm down yeah oh yeah and even in the show like like we can we have the we have guns we can take them I'm like yeah. come on come on Tara not that, it's not that simple where really? have you been you know? Rosita agreeing with Carl. Yeah. Like, it's like, okay, Tara, calm, calm your stuff down, okay? Right. <laughs> like, exactly. seriously. You don't just go in guns a-blazing. Yeah. I mean, you're totally amateur hour right now. <laughs> what are you, Negan? I mean, come on. <laughs> we All balls, no action? I don't know. Anyway, it's just, it's, it's, it just bothers me at this point. But yeah, going back to Dwight, Dwight is a good one to focus on, too, because I mean, like everything until now has been, he's been like Negan's dog, you know? Yes. And it's everything that he's done, like the senseless killing of, of these people, really humiliating 
Daryl. And I think he knew that. I think I think in the process of, of dehumanizing Daryl, like something happened to him. And then yeah. and then all that sh- stuff with Sherry and, and her, her leaving. And I, I think that really affected him. I would and, think so. But I, I think that's all on his side. Like, I don't think that Daryl really knows the extent to which Dwight is is affected by how he treated Daryl and how he's been treating everybody. Right. So right. I think I think Daryl does get it. I think Tara has not had that experience. You know, no. she, she she hasn't had the luxury of him trying to make it up to her. And at the same time, how do you? Right? Yeah. Yeah. And and I like how Dwight's kind of like, look, I just want to make things right. Like we can settle up later, but I I'm 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 invested in beating this and and finally ending this once and for all. Yeah. And yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I mean, do you remember at the beginning of the season where I was kind of like, oh, Dwight f them. He f them hard. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it turns out they moved the they moved the heavy gun somewhere else. Uh, uh okay. Uh, I guess he's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and now we know that he's kind of he's all in to the yeah. point where he he gunned the saviors down. It's it's just, it's that's a commitment. I mean, that you, you really that's it. That's that's like there's no impressed. going back now. I was impressed. Yeah, yeah, back against the literal wall, like mm-hmm. the door. Literally. Oh man. You know what? I'll give them credit for one thing. There, the door is open now to endless possibilities. Like we've set this, we've set the table with all these different large possibilities, like yeah. Dwight with the remaining Alexandrians, with Sadiq even yeah. Carl. There's opportunities there. Rick, Negan, Ezekiel, the Hilltop. Holy crap! And then you know all these, some of these unknowns. Like, will we see the Junkyard Gang again? Will we see that helicopter again? What's going to happen with Oceanside right. and, and Aaron and Enid? Yeah. That's that. That's like Lots something they just opened up last minute. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, here's another thing to worry about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hate that Frank Darabont is still in the goddamn credits. Yeah, he is. That deal. <laughs> Do you know what that, that was all about? Did you hear about that drama? I've heard about the drama, but I don't know the specifics. The specifics was he kept asking for more and more money. And they said that they didn't have it and the show blew up. Yeah, they just, and they just refused to kind of give him the budget he wanted. So what ended up happening was as part of like a, a split deal, they said, <laughs> they said, you know what? We'll keep you on the credits. You just have to go. We just don't want you here anymore. Gosh. <laughs> and ever since, and that was season one. That was it. It wasn't wow. part of any other season. That was it. That's the six episodes. Being- Unceremoniously removed. Yeesh. Yeah, but I could. I, part of me was kind of like, okay, he's a dick. He was a dick. <laughs> But you could like, tell. Well, this is what you get. You could tell. It's it's just yeah. Okay, prima donna. <laughs> That's just one man's opinion. But yeah, there, there's only 16, 16 episodes this entire season, so yeah. it's gonna have to hold us. Yeah, oh. it's gonna well, have to. Well, we have no other choice. What yeah. are we gonna do? Well, I mean, here's the hoping there'll be a double at the end, like just kind of like now. Well, not a double. Essentially, you're getting fifteen extra minutes between commercials. <laughs> yeah, essentially. 15, I mean, yeah. for me, I'm looking forward to next season. I want to see what they do with. Carl's death. I hope that they make it compelling. I hope that they make it mean something so that it's not a senseless death. But yeah, I am more than anything. I want to see what happens with Carl, obviously, and how his death is going to play a role in the future. Yeah, I, I might be more concerned about Oceanside. I mean, we mm-hmm. know what's going to happen with Carl. Mm-hmm. You know, one way or the other, he's going to end up six feet under. But yeah. this whole Enid Aaron thing, like Aaron, just been, <laughs> he's been through so much. Yeah. And to have to deal with this now, it's just how do you I'm deal very, with it? very nervous. Yeah. So, I, I am concerned for their situation too. Yeah, and Enid, poor Enid. Oh boy. It made me sad because I, I thought to myself, I'm like, she may not be able to say bye to Carl before he passes away. Oh my God. Hey, that's a good that's a good catch. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, she's not there. I don't know what their situation is. Yeah, but I would assume that she would want to at least be able to kind of say a proper goodbye. Yeah, yeah, after all that. Mm-hmm. After him not really giving up on her. Yeah, no, of course. Wow. Sorry, it's not a more lighthearted, uh, <laughs> laugh track filled 
discussion, but uh, <laughs> it's it's, def- it's definitely a somber, somber topic. Yeah. But like I said, I'm open and I'm very eager to see what they do next because obviously the same tried and true isn't going to apply here. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I really want, would like to see what what we can expect, basically. Yeah. yeah. And this is more of a freeform show than our usual step-by-step breakdown. Right. Uh, I am eager to get back to getting back to feeling a little bit more organized in my head because yeah. I just, there were, there were parts in the beginning and and maybe in the beginning in the middle where I was just kind of like uh, yeah so that's what happens yeah. <laughs> like, in my head I'm just kind of like I don't know what to add to this there's only so many thoughts you can lend to, right. to, the, to the layout of this show yes. it literally things happened in this episode it's all literal it means so much and unfortunately it's the mid-season finale so we're not going to really be able to spitball like you don't want to spitball what could happen because yeah. so far away the predictions that you make it's kind of well I guess we'll see in a uh, you know, a couple months. In terms of mid-season finales, two, waiting two months in in the Walking Dead world is not that bad by no, comparison. Two months, no, two months is I could do two months standing on my head. Yeah, compared to like prior seasons where you had to wait months at a time, you know, mm-hmm. just to get just to get back on track. But I think they're they're getting to this like nice swing between Fear the Walking Dead and the Walking Dead and and all the tie-ins like the the web series and which I, I you know I like the like what they're doing with Red Machete. You know, bringing yes. the back. Claimers, yeah, I thought that was and very. They said, oh, and they basically said, keep, "Yeah, keep watching because somebody said eventually that Red Machete that He's that get will get into Rick's hands. Exactly, exactly. So that okay, you know, I'm feeling a little bit more uh, chipper about that mm-hmm. because yeah. something about Rick with a machete. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know, it's a little badass. It makes me feel more <laughs> secure. Yeah, it feels like it, it, it. It's exactly where it needs to be. Right, precisely. Oh well, how about this? On that cheery, festive Red Machete Christmas color note, this has been a trip and. And we'll try to spit out some episodes and some thoughts and some yeah. some content throughout the any break. Kind of, any kind of news that we find out, anything that we want to share, we'll definitely keep it active. And I'll be doing my write-up yep. of this mid-season. And I will probably do a separate one just on Carl. And we'll likely talk a bit about possible predictions in the aftermath of his death, if the 15% possibility doesn't happen. <laughs> and maybe if the, that 15% does happen is I, I mean listen anything's possible yeah. <laughs> like anything is possible so i can't discount anything yeah. anything and, it's on the table yeah and i feel like i want to add this one more thing and it's that there is a huge part of me and i haven't admitted to this throughout this entire episode there's a huge part of me that thinks that, that feels not thinks because thinking is not here but feeling that carl doesn't die i here's I mean, here's, here's like, my it's like thing 50% denial on that but there's also a 50% that's kind of like it kind of makes sense that he wouldn't die though i have a 15 percent inkling of a feeling that this is all one big ruse and that he is not dying because of the fact that gimbal was all coy on talking dead when they were questioning about him and he just basically said the bite would play out as bites do okay yes and Like, I mean, he wasn't looking too hot at the end of the episode, but <laughs> right, he wasn't looking too hot. But then, in terms of, does that mean he su- he succumbs to that, or does he go down that road and he doesn't ultimately succumb to the infection? I, I just, I'm saying that there is a 15% chance that I feel that there is a possibility that this could be Carl's dumpster moment, and um, yeah. we are basically along for the ride. And uh, like I said, I, I I think and I wonder about those radioactive walkers and the and the radiation spill 
Father Gabriel and the doctor, does any of that have any possibility or bearing on ultimately Carl's trajectory、mm. and the direction of where he's going to go? I would be very curious to see what they do about that. But based off of what I've been seeing of Chandler Riggs' reactions and his father and whatever, I'm 85% sure, assuming that, that, that essentially Carl is dead. <laughs> it is what it is. He ain't coming back. But Father Gabriel and Carl get superpowers? Is that what, is that what you're well, saying? Well, I almost wonder is it possible that something in the radiation, because obviously, I mean, we've seen Father Gabriel get sick and radiation, I mean, even if you just think about chemotherapy,、right. um, no, radiation can help in terms of slowing down certain diseases and, and what have you, but the ramifications on the body are pretty, pr- pretty, darn, pretty damn awful and, and, and pretty painful. Too in his own right, so I wonder if there is any basis in that. Is is it something that the doctor can assist with? We know that Eugene helps the doctor and Gabriel escape or give them an opening to escape. So, is it something that they potentially could provide some sort of I don't know, some sort of insight? Could the could could Dr. Carson and Father Gabriel be be able to escape from the sanctuary, get to wherever hilltop or Because Alexandria is gone.、Yeah. If they show up to get Alexandria, it's gone. So I, I just wonder about that because, I, again, I always feel that this show never throws anything out there for good reason. So the radioactive zombies and Gabriel being sick. What was the point in that? I, I, you know what I mean? It's like, what, what was really the ultimate point in that? Yeah. So,、and、you know what else is that we've kind of forgotten about Father Gabriel and how sick he is as well? It's, it,、yeah. that's just another thing to kind of keep our eye on. We've got a lot of places to look here. So, yeah, we have, oof, yeah. yeah you're, like, you're like 15% on Carl surviving. I'm like 85. 15, really? Yeah. But just like I was kind of like, do, do you remember how much I freaked out over Carl and Sadiq's misadventures? Like,、yes. I was really. Really, really, really concerned、yes. that, that something had happened in a way that, like, you know, after encountering walkers, you know, I, I, you're not. And、yeah. it does kind of bring us back to the top of the show where, where we're like, oh, remember season five and six where people were actually scared of walkers and kind of avoiding them? And then we have this moment a couple episodes back, you know, where, where they're flirting with them, you know, and, and, and the way that all went down, I was very panicked about it.、Mm-hmm. And so it, it just, it, I think that's, that scene was necessary and the fact that Carl got bit is necessary. And I think we need those scenes. You know, we know that we need to be reminded of,、yeah. how, of how, but yeah. But the, but the other thing is that the same feeling that I had that something had happened there, that I, somebody got bit, Carl and or Sadiq. Yeah.、Um, yeah. That same strong feeling about that I had, I have about Carl somehow making it,、yeah. you know? So it's like, it's I wouldn't like put this, it past them. I would it's not this weird put it feeling, man. It would be, it would I, be completely out of nowhere, too, because this, this would be the show doing something. It's this, it's the equivalent of the show calling Walker zombies on the、right. show. Like, That kind of taboo breaking, like, oh, no, there's no way out of the sickness. Oh, wait,、yeah. there is.、Oh, you know, Fear the Walking did actually almost did do that too. Oh, there, was a, there was a character on the show that was bit, but you find out, oh, well, should I even spoil you? Because I know you're going to want to watch no, it. No, but- no, no. It's okay. I mean, it doesn't happen until much later on, anyway, but much later into the, the, their second season, I think it was, or mid, middle of the second season. But、mm-hmm. there's a character that has a chunk of his shoulder like, bitten off.、Mm. And the town that he's in rever- reveres him. He actually happens to be a doctor, too.、Oh, um, wow. And he never, he never got sick or anything like that.、And、you find out later on that, that he was not bit by a zombie, but he was bit by one of the guys that was thrown into the pit. You know, it's、oh. basically their punishment. They threw the guy into the pit to, to feed the zombies, basically. Oh, wow. 
Um, That's savage. Yeah, and so the guy, he was just, he was completely drugged out of his mind and he bit, he bit into the doctor. So it wasn't a zombie bite. You, you're, for a while, you're thinking, oh my God, this guy didn't get sick. This guy didn't Mm -hmm. turn or anything. And you find out that, yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't that. You're like, oh shoot, the show, the show really kind of almost faked you out. You almost did kind of believe that, you know, oh, some people can't be affected by this. Oh, or it's not 100%. So they could flirt with that again. I don't know. I don't know. They could. They potentially could. Yeah. This would be a break. Like, this would be a breakthrough. And this would, it, yeah. it is something that you said before we even got to starting the show, and that was that you had said that we weren't sure how how many seasons we had left. Maybe this was the last right. season even. Do you remember why you said that, though? I mean, I guess from... Was it because of Carl, per se, or... No, it was just more so that I didn't know necessarily how long they could keep up with the same formula of, like, we got a big guy, bad guy, and we're going to beat him, and now life is good. Now this next one, now we're going to beat him, and life is good. Like, I just, in my mind, I figured that there has to be an endgame in sight for this. Right. I don't know what that is. I think that Kirkman knows how he wants to end it. Exactly. But I I don't know. I don't know how you end something like this. Yeah, that's a good point. That was a good point. I mean, the only thing I could think of is bringing winter in the mix and, mm-hmm. making, and then somehow making that a problem winter is coming yeah I, I mean i feel like i'm continuing the show <laughs> like even though like oh let's end it but think of how snow how reflective snow is and, mm-hmm. and how walkers are attracted to light you know they don't really see things they just see like lighter objects and they go towards right. it right so yep. snow and like snow on the ground like they'd be following that so they'd be in fields they wouldn't be on mm-hmm. streets as much yeah no yeah, that's I, true I, I don't know how they would move in snow um I don't know. if at all that yeah. sort of thing so I, I just Lots like this as a question. No, th- there are a lot of really fun possibilities of what they could do. I'm just curious as to what they're going to what they are going to do. And with that, <laughs> is this the, this is the last thing. That's it. The show's over. <laughs> yeah. Y'all yeah. can go home now. Yeah. Y- y'all can get out of the car. I know, we know you've been listening while you've been driving. So. <laughs> We appreciate, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. We totally do. Thanks for hanging in there. <laughs> Thanks for hanging in there. We we dissected it as much as we could. Yeah. Now it's up to up to Gimple and team to basically prove that they made the right decision. Yeah. I think that I think they have so far. I'm not excited. I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I'm not even like yeah. I'm not even hopeful. I'm more like I'm interested. That that's I'm all intrigued. I can say about that. Intrigued. Yeah. I'm I'm in. I'm in for for what's for what's next. I can see how some people would be too bummed. And, you know. Yeah. It's I it's think- somber. It's sad. I mean, yeah. it is. So, I mean, I get it 100%. But, you know, it, that's the direction that they're going into. I've accepted it. But I want to see I want to see the aftermath of this. And I want to yeah, make I, sure that it, it was all for for something. It wasn't yeah. in vain. Carl's life pay- wasn't left in vain. Yeah, you want to pay off. Yeah. It's, it's as simple as that. It, and I think that th- that's what the season's going to represent. It's going to be like, like, thanks for hanging in there. You're going to get what you want. It's going to be messy, but you're going to get what you want. That's, that's the tagline for season eight. Not all out war you're gonna get what you want you may not like how we give it to you you may not like how we get there but yeah. you'll get it yeah the long tagline the long tagline i, feel I like can I'm see actually, that i'm gonna make an image of that by the way <laughs> <laughs> you'll get what you want you may not like it but you'll get it you may not like how we do. <laughs> Anyway. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, with that, we will see you. Uh, we'll actually speak to you soon. We're, we're thinking of some things that we can do to kind of keep you guys uh, involved in the conversation. And yes. keep you interested in, in, in the meantime. Yeah, we've yep. got two months. We'll think of something. We will. We always will. We can't just like, we can't turn our backs on the show. There's, there's too many possibilities, too many unanswered questions. Oh, yeah. And too many concerns that maybe other people want to bring up. So yep. with that, uh, we'll uh, take it to the next one. And hey, have a good break in the meantime. Happy holidays. Happy holidays and we'll talk to you all soon. Later, guys.